God, Amen. Please open with me Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I will start reading from verse 22. Matthew chapter 18 and from verse 22. Jesus said to him, this Peter asking him, how many times I can forgive my brother? I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. He said it's around hundred million dollars. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servants therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. You know the second part of the, of the part. I would like to focus on this part especially. It says at the very end, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Whether it's receiving God's forgiveness or offering forgiveness to others or forgiving myself is a very simple and important fact. As we said, this was nearly 12 times all the tax that has been taxes has been collected from all Judea. 12 times to show how big this debt was. So number one, which should be fixed in front of my eyes, the debt is always non-payable. There is no way to have to have been given a time to repay this debt. You can't repay anything for your sins before God. Even if you spent all your life trying to do good things, it, has, it is nothing compared to the debt itself. To your friend whom you hurt or who hurt you, whatever he did or whatever he do, it is non-payable for yourself. Sometimes you, you have done something really bad towards God, for example. And no one has seen your sin. And it is very common. And check if you did it before or not. So you are ashamed to go and repent. You are ashamed to go and confess. So you decided to disappear for a few weeks from the church. When anyone is asking your parents or friends, I was busy at work, studying, whatever it is. And when this hurt or this sin you did faded away in your memory, you feel better. And you feel that you have banished yourself enough away from the church for two, three weeks. Now it's time to go back. Again, it's false. It is not right. What you are doing, you are trying to pay for what you have done. The debt is always non-payable. If you imagine the one who hurt you, who abused you at any level, that he is cut off into thousand pieces in front of your eyes, it will never satisfy you. The reality is the debt is non-payable. And the only solution, the master had compassion on his heart and he let it go. He forgave him everything. He forgave him the debt. This is what Christ did. He knew that you can't pay it. 
in the cross until it is done and now it's time for you to enjoy it once you try to do it again you lose it because you can't make it you can't repeat the death is always non-payable to each other to God to myself so whatever deeds you feel it can replace the blood of Christ or it can replace the grace of Christ or the mercy of God you are in the wrong direction so please erase it, delete this idea from your mind you can't pay the debt by any means and no one can pay the debt by any means so in the same parable he was telling us he had compassion to forgive others had compassion to forgive yourself receive this compassion from God because God had compassion upon us that's why it's the whole liturgy Lord have mercy, have compassion we know that you are merciful and we can't rely on our own works you are relying on your mercy and compassion you are repenting but our actions are not enough it is your mercy who can cover what we have done, what we repented for so now we will start our third topic which is how to forgive myself or forgiving myself we will discuss these four points in less than an hour, don't worry first we will define a few things, we will have some definitions and then why should I have to forgive myself, is it necessary or just I can leave it it's enough to receive God's forgiveness or it's part of it you will discover in the end of the day tomorrow that all of it is one lot we divided it to see to see where is the blockage in my life but the four of them are one lot and what accepting myself is and what accepting myself is not so we'll start with the first one some definitions what is accepting myself? what is forgiving myself? is accepting God's forgiveness of all my past sins and failures after repentance, confession and Eucharist completely that I equalate myself of the hook for my past as God himself has done it also means that since I must forgive others totally I must equally forgive myself totally why? because this is a command and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself also if I am not to judge or to condemn others it follows it should not judge or condemn myself again after repentance, confession and reunion with Christ but let us unpack this definition something more if I, the Lord is telling me love your neighbor as you love yourself forgive your neighbor as you forgive yourself he's telling me you have to make it for yourself first if you find out that you can't forgive your neighbor, if can you live for love your neighbor, your brother, your sister, be sure you can't love yourself yet. Sometimes we have been bullied in a way or another, at a young age, at an older age, have been abused by our parents, intentionally or not intentionally, have mocked by friends or relatives, also again intentionally or unintentionally, we have been abused by some cold lovers in some wrong or right relationships they have been abused emotionally or physically or whatever it is all these pains are still there and as we said in the morning because I have been abused at a certain time I am going to abuse you I was abused by my father I am going to abuse you as my son or as my daughter I have been abused by a lover I'm going to abuse the one whom I say I love her or him so it's time to know you are still wounded 
we need to be here to cut off this circle of abuse, this circle of unforgiveness, this circle of conveying this guilt from one another. Some families or some of us are living under this guilt. I am bad. I'm the worst. I'm not achieving in such and such. My cousin is better than me. My sister or my brother is better than me. All these things, it says, with a big cycle, chains on my hands and on my spirit, on my soul, on my feelings, on my thoughts. And I'm spreading these poisons around me. Why? Because I received it from unhealed person. So when we say it's important, it's for me and for everyone around me. If I'm still thinking for my future family and for myself, for people around me at work, for people around me in the church. But there's something very important to know also within this definition. What you call it pseudo-guilt or false guilt. What is this false guilt? Because every single time if you sin or you do something wrong, you feel guilty. But is it a true guilt or a wrong one? It depends on which direction I'm going after feeling or sensing this guilt. It is a sense of shame in our heart that God did not put there. Freud said or thought that guilt is an unconscious need for self-punishment, self-torment or self-sabotage. This is what I was saying to I'm going to forbid myself from going to church for two weeks because I sent last week or I did something wrong. This is a pseudo-guilt. If you have done something wrong, deal with it. Go and repent, go and confess it. Go and reconcile with the one you have hurt. Or your parents whom you were nice to them, or your child whom you was not nice to him enough. So it's a pseudo-guilt. A false guilt, all of us can suffer from it at any point. Again, I believe very much that the Holy Spirit is pointing towards something in every heart and every mind. If you are living with this pseudo-guilt, it means you are not enjoying again your own personal forgiveness. Because you can see yourself forgiven. You can see that you need to have this self-punishment, this self-torment. Even Cain, after he killed his brother, he said, My punishment is more than that I can bear it. Why I deserve something bad because I killed my brother. Yes, you killed him now. You sinned. There's something wrong and God warned you. What about, what is your decision now? Are you going to repent, to go in the right direction? Or to live with this sort of guilt? I have done something bad, I am ashamed. This shame is not from God. This unconscious need for self-punishment is not from God at all. Those who are seeking to harm themselves, they, so they see that they can do something by themselves. I can offer another sacrifice. The sacrifice of Christ is not enough. But I can do something to please God and also to ease myself from inside. This is called a sodo guilt. What about the true guilt? This sodo guilt can lead me to away from God, to self-hatred, to self-banishment, whatever it is, but the true guilt is totally different. It is telling me again, you are wrong. You have done something wrong. And here what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 9 and 10. Now I rejoice. He inflicted some pain on someone because of his sin to repent. This man who was living in adultery in the church of Corinth, 
in chapter 5, 1 Corinthians. Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. Your sorrow led to repentance. This is the true guilt. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces this. This is what we are looking for. When David said, my sins are always before me, because I didn't repent yet. But once he repented, he sang Psalm 32, we shared it last night. He was encouraging everyone to say, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. What happened? I had this godly sorrow, which led me to repentance without regret, to salvation. But the sorrow guilt led Judas to, to commit suicide. The true guilt led Peter to tears. And just the Lord looked to him, at him, and he repented. So again, it is your decision whether to adopt this total guilt or to adopt this true guilt, which leads to repentance. Again, you are still in this definition. If you are not forgiving yourself, ask yourself, what sort of guilt do I have in my mind or in my life? Is it a true guilt or the total guilt? The total guilt is taking me totally away from God. But the true guilt is leading to a real repentance. Maybe you are sitting and you are living this self-punishment. And you have this anger against those who abused you or misused you at a certain age. And now you are suffering from this chain. But the Lord is telling you, you can break this chain tonight. You can stop it totally. And you can be totally refreshed and changed through the work of the Holy Spirit. So let us go now to why should I have to forgive myself? Again, it is the truth that revealed in the scripture and interpreted by the church fathers. First of all, it is precisely what God wants us to do. God wants you to forgive yourself and wants me to forgive myself. Again, it is the same verse, Ephesians 4, 32. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and this whole list. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgive you. Of how I can make it, if I can't receive it for myself, if I can't forgive myself. Because he said in Matthew 19:19, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If I can't get it for myself, definitely I can get it to someone else. So if you see someone who is very aggressive with you, I'm not judging him, but I know that he can't love himself yet. She can't love herself yet. And sometimes you are trying to uncover it or to cover it in a way or another with something else. I can find or spot all mistakes of others to give myself the excuse not to love them. The reality is I don't love myself. I'm not accepting myself with my weakness, with everything else. But God is saying to me, it is what I want from you, to forgive yourself. As if he's saying you are breaking the command. You need to love yourself as you are required to love your neighbor, as you love yourself, to forgive him and to forgive yourself. 
The second thing, the second reason to forgive myself is the devil doesn't want me to forgive myself. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 again, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He wanted to see this in us, to trap us once more by not forgiving ourselves and one another. This man needs to be forgiven. I can't offer him forgiveness unless I receive it personally and I forgive myself. So the devil doesn't want you to enjoy this forgiveness of yourself. And here is a very important thing. Our lack of total forgiveness is an open invitation for the devil to move in. If you can't forgive yourself, you are ignorant of his devices. He is able to jump in from a way or another. And you'll be always deceived and trapped in it. So please be cautious. And take care that he doesn't want you to have this forgiveness of yourself. A third reason why I have to forgive myself, you will have inner peace and freedom from the bondage of guilt. He says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. He wants to tell you, tonight I want you this freedom. And without this peace, without this presence of the Holy Spirit, you cannot have this freedom. Those who are not able to forgive themselves, they are under the bondage of hatred, hating myself. Sadly, some of the songs in the world are promoting self-hatred. And sadly, some of us used to hear it and listen to it for maybe a long time. Still the words in my ears, still the emotions that I adopted inside me, it's time to renounce it. It's now time to reject it, to see myself loved, by him and I love myself in a non-selfish way it's not a selfish at all but I see myself valued as the life of the only begotten son Jesus Christ this is what he did on the cross I'm dying for you personally we read it in the morning St. Paul was saying who loved me and gave himself for my sake for me personally a fourth reason to forgive myself the degree to which you forgive yourself may directly relate to your usefulness. As much as you forgive yourself, as much I'll be more useful from where we got it. It's a very same story. Now David returned to his kingdom. After the death of his son Absalom, he was very sad. He forgave his son and he was asking them to be tender to him before he go. They go to the war. But now he died on this war. He was in tears and he doesn't want to go back to his kingdom or to see people because of the death of his son. In fact, he was on that day his enemy who enthroned himself as a king on his behalf. Here are the words of one of his leaders. Tell him, if you stay not forgiving yourself for what happened, God is not all, all going to use you anymore. And you will lose everything. And in this time, you will lose your kingdom. Now therefore arise, 
Go out and speak, comfort your servants, for I swear by the Lord, if you don't go out, not one will stay with you this night, and that will be worse for you than all the evil that has befallen you from your youth until now. This is the head of the army talking to David. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and he told all the people, saying, There is, there is the king. You can't hear it, there is the king, or there is the queen, because you are not forgiving yourself for what happened, whatever it is. Or it's a real sin, false sin, true guilt, sodo guilt, no one will say, this is the king. This head of the army is telling you and me, when you forgive yourself, and you accept to appear once more, you are enthroned as a king once more. There is the king sitting in the gate, so all the people came before the king, for everyone of Israel had fled to his tent. Now others will come and join, because we have seen the king. So we need to forgive ourselves to be used more, to get back to our kingdom, and to our authority as kings and queens in the world. One more thing. Totally forgiving myself will help me to love people more. Why? Again, it's Borata. Honor your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I love myself as such. As little as such. I will love you and others as little as such. The more I love myself, again, not a selfish way. To value, love myself it means to value myself according to its real value as described in the word of God. Christ died for me. It is my, my value. So again, I love more when I love myself more. Not to be selfish, but to see and to honor what I have through Christ. Number six, people will like you more when you have forgiven yourself. He says in Proverbs chapter 18, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. What does it mean? If I have some friends, he's telling me, the more you like, the more you are forgiving yourself. So he's trying to tell me, you need more friends, you need more love from your friends, you need to offer more for them. Be in this way. Receive more forgiveness for yourself. And again, the decision might be not easy. Because there is a real pain in my past. Real pain in your past. Whatever it is. Pain within the family. Pain from outside the family. Pain from your father, from your mother. From a man or a boy or a girl in your life. Whatever it is. But the key, the, the key issue is the joy is beyond measure. You can flee from his love. You can flee from his forgiveness. You are the one who is going to lose it. It's not easy, but it's doable. With the help of the church, with the help of the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, my companion, since I was baptized in the church. The one who sanctified me and made me a temple, two-time temple to God. So please don't hesitate to contact someone, your father of confession, a spiritual guidance, a Christian counselor, whoever he is. But please don't stay and remain where you are. One more last thing, I will be enabled 
it will enable you to fulfill all what God has in mind for you and thus keep you from being paralyzed by the past. Many of us, I assure you, sitting in this hall this night are totally paralyzed. You can't move on, you can't serve God, you can't go back, you can't reconcile with his family, you can't reconcile with maybe sometimes the other gender, and I'm totally paralyzed because something happened in my past. Peter denied and he wept. Peter was preaching fearlessly, fearlessly and in confidence in the book of Acts. He is the same one. Why? Because he did not allow his past to paralyze him. Yes, I did deny the Lord. I cursed him. And I said, I don't know him. But he, just upon his look towards me, I wept. And I believe he forgave me. I received his forgiveness. I forgive myself. And now I'm boldly proclaiming his forgiveness to all nations. The book of Acts in chapter 2 tells us at least about 15 different nations were listening. All of them were from a Jewish background, but from 15 different nationalities were there to receive the forgiveness through the Holy Spirit from the mouth of the world of St. Peter. So this is why I have to forgive myself. Again, find out the biggest issue, the biggest sin in your life. Sometimes you are ashamed to love yourself because of your father, or because of your mother, or because of something has been done to you in your early age, maybe a sexual abuse or whatever it is. The Lord is telling you, unpack it with someone. It, is, it wasn't your fault. You didn't choose your father. You didn't choose your mother. You didn't choose your abuser even. And you didn't choose those who bullied you at school or at uni or those who isolated you from their company. You have nothing wrong with you personally. The wrong is your interpretation to the events. The wrong is the evil world that we are living in it. But you are invited and I am invited with you not to be paralyzed with our past. One more. It affects your physical health. And I'm sure, I'm sure you know better than me. Some of these past things, some of these memories affecting my me physically. And of course it affects me mentally and emotionally. So we need to recognize that I need to be a holy temple sanctified by God and He is able to restore my mental health, my emotional health and my physical health as well. And definitely it affects my spiritual status. So be careful to keep yourself paralyzed, to keep yourself not voicing out that I have a problem, I can't forgive myself for this. Whatever is this. An event in my past, a person in my life, you are paralyzing yourself. And you are affecting your mental health, physical health, and your spiritual status as well. Let us move on to find what is not accepting myself and what is accepting myself. Again, the difference is very obvious, but sometimes not in front of my eyes. I need to put it clearly in front of my eyes. To, ac- uh, to forgive myself or to accept myself is not, doesn't mean accepting that you are a finished product as you are now. Lee, because always you say, it is me. I am like this. 
This is my personality. This is my character. This is how I was brought up by my parents or my family or whatever it is. We believe that Christianity is the religion of a continuous change. We are in front of the Creator who is uniting Himself with me, as we spoke last night, and able to make a miracle every minute in my life. So, to accept or to accept myself, to forgive myself, it doesn't mean that I am finished product. We are always unfinished product. As I told you in the morning, one of the church fathers said, "You are perfect and complete when you die. God has finished His job in you. Before that, you are always unfinished product." Forgiving myself doesn't mean accepting your continued sinning. I know this is my weakness, let me live with it. No. Accepting myself, it means I'm resisting sin and I'm not accepting to be in this continuous sinful status by any means. To make a clear difference. Accepting myself has nothing to do with my sinful life. I'm accepting myself as someone in the journey Every day he is struggling, he is victorious in Christ. I have some faults and I'm accepting the general me, but I'm not accepting anything in particular to be in my life. Thirdly, to accept myself doesn't mean accepting my present spiritual status as final. So we are only complete and perfect when we die. Before that, we are unfinished mentally. Emotionally, spiritually, are unfinished products. So please aim for higher. When St. Paul was telling us in Ephesians 3.20, he is asking us to ask something more than we expect. Because he is going to give us more than we ask. So ask higher, he will give you much higher. So please don't be satisfied with your spiritual status. You are aiming to the full stature of Christ. So please don't accept less than that. Accepting myself and forgiving myself doesn't mean accepting my present knowledge as final. Some people said, I hate reading. I don't like reading. I read enough. Again, knowledge, it means I'm in a process of change. Spiritually, mentally, physically, in my career, so I don't accept anything in my, my life as final. Whether it's knowledge, spiritual progress, or whatever it is, I am in the process. That's why salvation in our Orthodox faith is a process, not a decision. It starts with a decision, but salvation is my whole, my whole life. Number five, accepting myself and forgiving myself is not, doesn't mean accepting my present situation as final. Now in, uh, I'm in a trauma, or I'm in a disaster, whatever it is. It doesn't mean this is my final destination. I'm going to get out of it, by the grace of God, by the help of the Holy Spirit. I have a very bad situation in my family, in my uni, in my church. But again, it's not final at all. So please, accepting myself, it mean, doesn't mean at all to be static. No, I am dynamic and moving in every single aspect of my life. This is the five things which is not accepting myself. But what is accepting myself and accepting my uh, or forgiving myself? 
This is very important and please pray for it. Please, all of us without exception. It means accepting my parents. I didn't choose them. They were not perfect. You are going to be an imperfect father or mother. Please accept them as they are. Don't accept their mistakes. But accept them. Because some of us sitting now and said, I wish that my father was X or Y, or my mother was X or Y. Believe it or not, you have the best father and mother with their own, all their mistakes. You can't have anyone better than your father and mother. So accepting myself, I'm accepting the non-changeable circumstance. I can't change my parent. So accepting myself and forgiving myself, I am accepting them as they are. I'm praying for them to be changed if there is a real change or a major change needed. All of us need to change. Some of them has a major change to be done in their life. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for their change. Praying for their own salvation. So to accept myself, to accept the non-changeable circumstances. One of them is my parents. One of them is my brothers and sisters. My very close family. I can't change them. Forgiving myself means accepting the hard things you endured as you grow up, but also sins. Without exception, every one of us passed through hard times. Whether from his friends, from his parents, from his church sometimes. And I am very rebellious against this. I don't accept it. To forgive myself, to accept what has been done. We are not accepting the mistakes in it, but I am accepting it has been done. I was abused in a way or another, in any place, in my family, with relatives, with friends. I was abused in a way or another. Because at one point, especially with abuse, people who are abused, they feel guilty because of the abuse. They feel that they are participating in this abuse. Set yourself free, free from any sort as such. You didn't choose to be abused. At one point, the one who was abused is enjoying the abuse. But it didn't begin as such. It begins that someone misused you, physically or verbally, or even mentally. Accepting myself and forgiving myself, it means accepting my calling. If you see yourself little today, because of your profession, because of your grades, because of your family, because of your circumstances. This is not right. I'm accepting my calling as it is. God is ready to use you wherever you are, whatever your ability, whatever your grades, whatever your profession, whatever your job, and even if you are jobless, still He is able to use you. You have a calling wherever you are. If you go to the Bible, you'll find God has chosen different kinds of apostles and disciples. Amos was just a hired man to collect some of the sycamores. This is his job in the Bible. Luke was a doctor. St. Paul was a philosopher. Peter and Andrew were just were <coughs> fishermen. He is able to use everyone. Don't degrade yourself 
don't compare yourself with anyone <coughs> because you have a very specific personal job very specific personal calling in the kingdom of God and many of those great men they were not prominent figures in the society Peter definitely wasn't a prominent figure in Judea at that time God didn't use Herod Herod was anti-salvation but he used Peter he used very simple fishermen for the whole message of salvation so accept your calling to accept yourself accepting and forgiving myself accepting my intellectual limitations all of us without exception have intellectual limitations it differs from one to another respect it and accept it as, as it is believe that you are a unique creature there is no one called the worst or there is no one called the best you are a unique creature design special design with the hand of God to do one task with him one specific calling no one else can do it whether you are young, old very intellectual very low in your intellect it doesn't matter so please accept it accept you have a limitation even if you are the most genius person in the world which is not there yet still you have limitations nothing is without limitation accepting myself again is accepting the truth about my faults I know I am weak here I know I cannot make this I'm working on it but as I'm working on it I'm still loving myself I know I sin I have this sin in my life I'm accepting myself and I'm working on it I'm having a great Welfare, warfare against it and with the guidance of the church with the guidance of my spiritual father with spiritual books with my prayers with spiritual guidance from the church leaders from spiritual books that written by early church fathers I'm getting the strength to get rid of this but I'm accepting myself as I, as I am as unfinished product I'm not static I'm always dynamic Accepting myself is accepting myself with any illness or disability. <coughs> Whatever illness I have, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, or any sort of disability, whatever it is, I'm still the unique creature, wonderfully made by the hand of God. Fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. So don't allow yourself to dishonor anyone who has any sort of illness or disability and don't allow anyone to dishonor you if you have any sort of illness or disability why? because you are fearfully and wonderfully made as you are so someone can say but why me? this is our topic tomorrow why me? why I am the only one in my group who has such illness or disability or limit, very limited intellect or whatever it is Again, it's not God who did it for you. Stop blaming God. This is our talk tomorrow. But at least now accept yourself with your own limitations. Because God is joyful to see as you are. And joyful to deal with you as you are. Finally, accepting myself is accepting it in the light of the mistakes you have made. What does it mean? I'm not denying my mistakes. 
we said accepting myself is not accepting to continue sinning but again I know my mistakes and I'm working on them I'm in a process of salvation I'm in a process of change to be the complete me when I die that's why when Saint Anthony the Great said remember every day that it is your last day or remind yourself every day that it is the last day and you will never sin why? because I am working to meet the, my heavenly groom I am making myself ready to meet him on the clouds to enjoy this new life with him I saw this in a different way this is just a bridge to pass over to have this fullness of the new life without pain without any problems anymore receiving the fullness of all sorts of forgiveness and to enjoy what I believed and I hoped for for all my life I'm sure the Holy Spirit is knocking at every door of every heart and every mind and telling me and you it's time to enjoy it time to see what you need to do, to do it for yourself you can give your, the Lord your back and say it is not me I'm not thinking this way at all but please ask the Holy Spirit ask the light of God to come into your heart into your mind to get a real healing to love myself as he wanted me to love myself I pray that through the work of his grace through the work of the Holy Spirit during our prayer time we'll receive something more it will open a new opening for me to go and confess to go and seek even sometimes a professional help from a psychiatrist or psychologist may the glory of Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever Amen